0: to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 76 of Death Readers, the podcast where we're reading through books for the first time. At least one of us is. Uh, In this episode of Death Readers, we're reading through Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park, chapters 47 through chapter 50. Uh, If you're reading along with us, which we recommend, you will notice that this book doesn't actually have chapter numbers. So we're reading through chapter 47, which is called Control around page 300, 299-ish. If you're reading the print version like I am, and it goes through uh, chapter 50, Lodge, and that goes to around page 357 in the print version, at least the print version I have. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, crack into those chapters with us as we read along. Do we have any housekeeping?
1: Yeah, actually. You charged me with looking into the aquatic ape. And I've done so.
0: What did you learn?
1: Well, I'd I'd never, uh, other than you telling me about this, and what I imagined was far more interesting. (laughs) The aquatic ape hypothesis, uh, I think, was first floated by a German.
0: (laughs) God damn it.
1: (laughs) That was not on purpose. It was on purpose. This one was so good. It was pure. It was organic. Uh, Max Westenhofer. Okay, I... I can't read German and I can't read my handwriting, so your guess is as good as mine. Um, In 1942. So already, you're like, is this some like eugenics shit? Mm. Right? Yummy. Um, But then Alistair Hardy in 1960 and Elaine Morgan in 1990 also uh, continued to support it. And... Hardy said that apes, maybe they went to the shore for food. They were driven out of the trees, and that's why, that's why that happened. These weren't, like, sea creatures. Like, I was imagining some real uh, Shadow Over Smith shit with, like, actual, you know, fish ape people. But, no, it was nothing so cool. Um, and then Weston <laughs> talked about uh, how humans often have webbed fingers and hairlessness. But then he said the thing that really caught my attention Uh he just mentioned it, just, just, just in passing. It wasn't, he didn't even say this is a feature of only this or only that. But I'm just, just the fact that it was brought up made me go, is this some pseudoscience bullshit? And that was subcutaneous fat. Okay. I guess implying that humans are given to subcutaneous fat more than apes. And right there, I'm like, I'm gonna look into this a little bit more. So I. Basically Googled just that and I came up with Aquatic Ape, The Body Fat Observation by Paolo Viscardi on his web on his on his uh, website. And he wrote I decided to check on some independent evidence about an inference made by Hardy that led to the development of AAH in the first place, aquatic ape hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, The idea that having layers of subcutaneous fat was a trait unique to humans and aquatic mammals. This idea is still regularly cited by proponents such as Elaine Morgan. She shows up again as a line of evidence for evolutionary convergence, blah, blah, blah. But the thing that occurred to me after Googling, you know, Wikipedia for two minutes and clearly Paolo here. uh, However, checking on the literature on primate husbandry, it turns out that other primates have levels of subcutaneous fat that are directly comparable to humans. If the animals have a ready supply of food. So yeah, if apes are eating, you know, grubs and bananas and nuts and healthy shit, they're not going to have a lot of fat. If they're going to sit around like humans and eat the shit we eat, they're going to be chunky monkeys. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the whole thing smacks of wanting to have an alternate hypothesis that will get you published and be super smart.
0: Cool. That sounds cool. Thank you for doing that research.
1: Well, I thought it was interesting Cause now we have officially
0: debunked
1: it. Debunked it. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you did it, man. <laughs> Thirty minutes of googling. You're a oh, fucking oh, not scientist. not even.
1: Not even. Not even. I was like, fifteen tops. Um, <laughs> Look how efficient hey, you are. I, I I am pretty fantastic. Bring Bring me your your theories to debunk, and I will do it.
0: No subcutaneous fat on your ability to research. Nope. Oh no, you were lean. You were Slick. a lean, mean, researching device. and I was s-
1: svelte like an aquatic mammal.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, aquatic mammals aren't svelte like they—they are, they are really
1: they're... aquatic mammals. I'm um, getting svelte like a sleek? I'm thinking whales? like otters. I'm thinking like otters.
0: They're still fatty. They still have. I swear, like, I swear just because svelte you look... was. No, no, I hear you. I hear what
1: you're saying. I'm—I—I think I'm, th- I'm, I, I'm conflating svelte and sleek. Um but I swear I've yes. heard Spelt Svelte means,
0: like thin. Yeah yeah yeah. Well, sleek means like, like you know not lumpy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I swear I've heard svelte applied to creatures like otters.
0: Well look at seals. Like
1: No, seals are not svelte.
0: They're, well they but they're, they're they're sleek. Like yeah. they 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 move through the the water quickly because right. they're they're like Yeah. aerodynamic essentially.
1: So I'm sleek of thought.
0: I guess. Um yeah. But that's more my point about like um, the thing that does make sense a little bit about it is that like, oh, yeah, of course, like aquatic animals would need to have fat deposits. But the problem with the way like I would be very interested in learning and hearing someone explain like, yes, but why in these locations on our body do we like tend to hyper like why are these locations specifically good for storing this fat? Whereas, if you look at something like bears mm-hmm. or seals mm-hmm. or other mammals that store fat, it's like all over the place. Like, seals are big round balls of goo. Bears well, are the same way. Like, bears, humans, like, on their
1: back and hips, which are exposed more to the
0: air. Right. But, like, like our backs right forward.
1: aren't.
0: Sure, but our backs aren't super fat. <laughs> like, right.
1: Because we walk forward exposed to the air. So that's where the cold air hits us. So that's where we build it up. Again, I'm basically revolutionizing all science right now.
0: I don't know how much of that has to do with where, why and where fat develops.
1: I'm going to be the next David But especially
0: Enbro. if you're talking about being in the water, again, that's my point. Like, being in the water, if that's where you evolve from, the whole of your body is going to be exposed to the to the cold of the ocean. But this so theory really isn't even to-
1: saying that. It's saying you're evolved to the water and then back out again. So it's just stupid. It's just dipping your toe in evolution. <laughs>
0: All right. Did you have any other housekeeping? <laughs> no. If you don't have any more housekeeping, then I say we should jump right into chapter 47. Control. All right. My first page note is page 302.
1: Well, mine's 337, but who knows where that is. So where's yours?
0: I uh, I did not see the issue with the auxiliary power popping up. That's exactly, that
1: was, that's exactly my first note.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was uh, really surprising. And mm-hmm. like I knew there would be a power issue because there was all there's a power issue in the movie. Right. Like in the scene about sending someone to the uh the other power like, shed, external whatever building, yeah, whatever yeah. it's called, like to restart the grid is a huge part of the movie. Yep. And it would seem too much to just add it in for it not to have been in the book. So like I knew that we would get there, I knew stuff would happen there, but I didn't expect it to be like but then power came on earlier and I was like, oh, I guess they have power back. And I did not expect it to go out again. And then for it to be as like dramatic,
1: it felt like it almost felt like when the power went out the first time and you were expecting that to be the one power issue, it felt anticlimactic yes. or, or, or uninteresting, undramatic, or like, I guess. OK. And then so now there's this, you know, late act reveal of, oh, shit. And now we were counting on that, getting it back up, and just corraling and fixing the problems that that caused. And now everything's out, and we are really fucked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I loved it. I, I, and and then like showing those readouts and those schematics where it was like, it was like, oh, it, it takes about looks like uh, twenty minutes each time. You lose about ten percent of your auxiliary power. Uh, fuck, and you're out now. You're just mm-hmm. out. Yep. And you were ignoring that. That alert as you were getting the rest of the park up. I mean, it's like if you were like halfway through a really long road trip and you have no idea where the next gas station is and your fucking low refuel light comes back on. Mm-hmm. Like your low fuel light comes back on and you're like, fuck, fuck, I wasn't paying attention. I totally passed the gas station and I didn't refuel. Fuck. Like that, that was how it felt. And it was awesome. Like I, these, it- these chapters, there's, we only really cover three chapters or four. Yeah. One, two, three, four. we have four chapters in this, in this episode, but they are fucking intense.
1: They are the, jam packed.
0: These, these chapters had me stressed out, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> but will, like, um,
1: I specifically, I really, I really love the whole auxiliary power um, situation because I've been in that situation specifically with um, in regards to the preparedness of it. Mm -hmm. Like at the station, the old, the old station, uh, the power went out from some big storm, whatever. And we had to, we had to like, we've got that backup generator and nobody knew how to, to turn it on. And Dave, was like, no, we uh, he, he had to like call it like what was the process? Oh, we have to go get the binder and we had to get like the flashlights, and like you come with me. I'm like, okay. And we went through it. It was opening the binder. It's like, oh, first we have to go over here and do this thing. And we have to go over here and do this thing. And then we have to go out to the generator and do this thing. And I'm like, this is insane. And so I really resonated with this section. I'm like, it's so what would happen? Oh my God. We're like, we've got all these safeguards. I mean we they've, they've they've had notes on this before. We've got these safeguard though, the walkie-talkies, which aren't charged. But it's it's just so great. It's it's realistic. Like, and it's dumb but dumb in a way i can totally relate with um god
0: yeah it's like when like i, I don't know if you've experienced this before but i've um like i've done this thing where i like plug my phone in at night and like rest it to charge it then wake up and you're still at like 38 power because even though you plugged your phone you plugged the charger into your phone you didn't plug the charger into the wall yep so, like, then you're just like, fuck, I had all that time I was anticipating having my phone charging and ready for me when I wake up, and it's not. Mm-hmm. And fuck. Yep. Um, it's, it's yeah, you're just like, that expectation of the security of do everything going right, and then it not.
1: Well, and then it's, it's, further... It's, go ahead.
0: Oh, it's just, it's exactly what Malcolm talks about. It's exactly like him saying, like, the parts where it's like, you know, we knew that something would go wrong... Mm -hmm. something catastrophic would go wrong because Malcolm told us so many times that it would go wrong. It's like in that thing in, in stories where a character says something like, well, just as, just as long, like, like, you know, keep to the roads, stay off the moors. It's like, someone's going on those fucking moors. Like it's like that kind of thing where like, once you get that warning of like, don't go into the woods. Right. It's like you're going into the fucking woods, man. (laughs) Like it's, it's, (laughs) that's, that's, Nobody says that in stories unless that's exactly where you're going. So like this was Check one of those gone things. all over again. It were yeah, it were you know, Arnold's like our power is perfect. Everything's great and you're like, "Motherfucker, like <laughs> you just said it. You just said it and that means that's where the problem's going to be." And it's kind of funny because I think Gennaro's kind of observing it like that mm-hmm. in and not as literal a sense but like he seems to be the character that's going like are you sure? And Arnold's like, absolutely. And then I yeah. was like, what's that flicking light?" Like? And then he's like, shit. <laughs> Everything I said was wrong.
1: I've definitely been the Arnold in that conversation before. <laughs> Watch me catch this dice.
0: Did you have something else to say about that?
1: Um, No, other than the coda to the power going out story was further watching humanity fail because then we put in all these plans to have walkthroughs and have a person who knew the binder and would go through and do uh, mock-ups of turning the generator on. And we we're going to put this into place. We never did. Why would you? Right? You
0: have other things to deal with. Yeah. Then plan for emergencies.
1: Only lame people plan for emergencies.
0: Um, I have a note two pages from that page.
1: Mine's on Kindle page 339 when Muldoon is getting ready to go back into the park.
0: Okay. I think mine's probably after that.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I was just saying, I don't remember the guy, the name of the guy who got eaten by the T-Rex. I thought his name was Harding, but Harding's still alive. So I don't remember. I know it started with an H. The red-haired guy went to, went to the yeah. doctor at the very beginning.
0: I know who you're talking about. I just don't remember his name now. Uh, Regis.
1: Well, anyways, at Regis. At Regis. So no H at all. Jesus.
0: No, not at
1: all. Um. Well, since Regis was the coward, I was glad to see uh, General go along with Muldoon after all. when yeah. he's like, he's like, you want to go? He's like, no, I don't want to go. And, and we and took that as like, just whatever. And Genaro was like, no, I don't want to go, but I'll go. I'm yeah. like, good job, Gennaro. I like, I like book Gennaro. Good job.
0: Yeah. But book Gennaro's got a, he's got spine. He's got like John McLean.
1: <laughs> Come out to the Island. We'll get together.
0: <laughs> Have a few laughs. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything either. Thank you. <laughs> Thank
1: you for failing for me. What's um, yours? Um,
0: Mine is, uh, I didn't expect a raptor to explode. (laughs) I like that's no, in no way part of the movie. And like, like in the movie, they just have guns. We have a
1: surplus of raptors.
0: Well, yeah, but like they've also got guns in in the, in the movie. So like, there's not, this whole rocket launcher thing is really weird to me. It feels very nineties in a way. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I remember feeling like bazookas and rocket launchers were like the thing when I was a kid, especially
1: 89. Um, Rambo three and shit. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So it kind of feels like that's part of what's going on here, but like, I, I, and I guess I expected him to use them. I didn't expect him to use them on like animals as, as human sized as Raptors, you know, six foot turkeys and stuff. But like the the description of it just exploding. I was like, Oh fuck. Cool. (laughs) Cool. That's, that's, that's intense.
1: Uh, I w I've written down distributed nervous system and I tried to look it up. and I had a hard time it was a lot harder than aquatic ape hypothesis <laughs> for me. Um but that's why it took the T Rex so long to pass out whatever right. whatever distributed nervous system is. And it it might be related to how they used to say dinosaurs had like a hind brain by the tail, which of course huh. they've since found out it's not true, but I'm wondering if it's also related to like how reptiles and birds, if you like cut their heads off, they still move around for a bit. Oh. So maybe it's another bird thing, but I, I, I really had a hard time looking animals, that up. Though specifically i've heard chickens and like snakes like snake will still I mean, bite you if that, it's beheaded
0: the, pretty sure there was a f- pretty famous monkey head transplant or brain transplant that involved similar like reactions I feel like it's it a has nothing very to do.
1: specific set of conditions that's not just lopping it off
0: well I, I what i my point is like your physiological response to like stimulus through the nervous system it doesn't it can be anything like you can mm-hmm. make like they do that thing with uh, with squids or, or octopuses, right? That
1: was another one that came up. Yeah, that octopus's right. arms move independently of their brain, like they because it's right. a distributed nervous system. But what's, what's the experiment? Okay. I don't
0: know. Well, it's not an experiment. It's this thing they do with food. Well, they'll take like baby octopuses and put them in uh, in uh, like Japan, I think. And they'll put them in like a or squids. They'll put them in like a, a some sort of sauce that's hot and or, or something like that. And the heat from the sauce will activate their nerves. And so their nerves will make their tentacles go all nuts in the hot in the sauce, so it kind of looks like they're alive.
1: Oh, the dead um, octopus you're about to eat. Yes. Oh, okay. So okay.
0: that's that's what I I'm saying. I'm saying when you're the deceased yeah, the deceased nervous system can still be uh can still react to stimulus.
1: Um, I think that part of it's though the, being a distributed nervous system, whereas we have like a central nervous system being our hmm. brain.
0: Right. I don't know, man. I don't know why I don't I don't understand that and I I'm not good enough about biology to even Guess?
1: I mean, I'm not good enough about about biology to even guess but it's never stopped me before. So basically, uh, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are like Doc Ock's arms in Spider-Man 2. Mm. Yeah.
0: Alright. Okay. Uh,
1: 342. I really enjoyed Malcolm's uh, slam on Hammond when he called him a very substantial fool. (laughs) Yeah. That was fun.
0: My next note's on 309. Okay. It's uh, it's just another one of those moments where Crichton is underlining the theme with Gennaro's feeble plans to ha- on how to get back to the maintenance shed. Where anytime somebody thinks something like, they probably won't do fill in the blank. This is what I was talking about earlier a little bit. Um, they just fucking do it. Right. Like, they do that exact thing. Or they do something more complex and more deadly. Like, Grant didn't think the T-Rex would swim. It did. Uh, right. who didn't think the dinosaurs could breed? They did. <laughs> Arnold didn't think the Raptor would jump. It did. <laughs> uh, I know it's, it seems like a simple writing technique. Uh, that thing I said earlier, where you like, you assure the audience of the thing that's not going to happen, but then it does. <laughs> and Ellie,
1: Ellie thought she was safe and she wasn't.
0: Right, exactly. Like yeah. the kids thought they were safe in the control room or they, or, or the kitchen. Like they're just not, um, but each time Crichton does something like that in this book, it's like, it's, it's, it feels like it's, it's, it's a simple writing technique, so if you, if you can take it away from the overall theme and, and of, the, of the book, it still stands up as like a very tried and true technique. Mm-hmm. But in this book specifically, it feels, because of how often he's using it, it really feels like he's sort of highlighting it again and just being like, see... These are plans. These people are making plans and these plans are don't work out. Like you need to be careful when you make plans. You need to make backup plans for when the right. plans fail because or make
1: sure your plans are not so reliant on specific things happening.
0: Right. Uh, that you specific things that you really don't have any control over. Like right. The Raptors won't show up. The T-Rex won't swim. You don't have any control of that. And you're guessing you don't really know. Uh, you haven't proven it can work or does work. You don't have the, like science to back you up. You're just guessing, and your guesses are wrong. Although,
1: props to Ellie for figuring out that the Velociraptor would probably not only swim, but swim like a crocodile. and Like Grant didn't figure that shit out, and Ellie's like, oh yeah, that was a bad idea.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good job, Ellie. Uh,
0: my next note's on 312.
1: 343. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, mine's about Malcolm having okay. this big lecture.
0: Okay, I think that's where I'm coming in, too. So you go ahead.
1: Okay, I just really liked book Malcolm's description of science inheritance better than it was in the movie. Yeah. Uh, the movie was clearly, like, now that we have have the scope of the novel, they're like, oh, we're going to take this great lecture of Malcolm's and this earlier lecture of Malcolm's and smash them together to give you an idea of Malcolm's personality. But he explained it so much better here. It wasn't just a... Th- throwaway line he drilled down and be like this is why scientific inheritance is you know bad and just as stupid as following a religion blindly and I'm like this is
0: great I love it oh so good it pisses me off when I read this chapter and and specifically Malcolm's uh, really salient prophecies that are couched in oh he's high on morphine um, because they were written almost 40 years ago like 35 years ago or so and uh, I'm astounded at how, at the accuracy of Crichton's bleak prophecy of the future and our relationship to science. Right. Um, like I, it made me, it freaked me out when I was reading, cause I was like, is he right? Are we like steadily lurching towards a, a, a second mi- medieval age, like a technological medieval future where like we have all this technology to pacify us that the peasants didn't have to pacify them. <sighs> In, in the medieval era so that they could actually like rise up and fight and, and throw down like the, you know, the, the hierarchies and the oligarchies. But now the, the, the incredibly wealthy and the very rich are using uh, passive entertainment to like, like sort of keep us satisfied and in, 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 in nonviolent uh, while we allow them to take from us so many of our rights and our, our privileges and the actual agency we have in the world. And it's I mean, it's just fucking like, especially especially the part where he talks about like that will that what will precede that is a rebellion against against science a fight against intellectualism and which is exactly what we've been seeing these last ten years or, or so uh, more more twenty years honestly from what I've observed it just like it, it freaks me out because it, it's just like he's not he's totally right he he's totally right that is exactly what's happened. And I am terrified of it because I don't know how to fight it because the only way science works is if you can, if people accept and understand how it's working. And we've found ourselves in this world where these like neo-fascist, uh, nationalists are coming out saying, no, like I don't fucking care. I'm tired of people telling me I'm stupid. I'm tired of people. I'm tired of feeling stupid because I'm stupid Mm -hmm. and I'm tired of that being held against me so you know what fuck it I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna use my my might I'm gonna use like uh, base animal instincts like fear and aggression and violence to wrestle away from the pathetic weak smart people uh, control of this fucking country and this world and I'll show them those stupid smart people I'll show them who's really in control because I have the gun (laughs) And as we know, the gun is good. The penis is evil.
1: Stop bringing it back to Zardos. No, I was going to say I had this uh, the same reaction uh, when I read Carl Sagan's The Demon Haunted World, Science is a Candle in the Dark. Right. Which says all about just a love letter to the concept of science, but has big sections about anti-intellectualism. And if we're not careful, the future could progress this way. And then he describes what, you know, I'm living through 20 years later, and it's hellishly freaky to read.
0: Well, think about, like, in this country, how much gun violence we have, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Like,
0: so much gun violence in comparison to most other countries. Well, what happens when, like something like chlorine gas is as easy to get as a gun. Like when the person, and that's where Crichton I think is talking about things like the whole science uh, condemnation of like science just wants to progress and understand more about how the world works or how the universe works. But like the people who can apply that scientific information don't fucking care because they're not a concept. They're not an ideology. They're not a model
1: for, for observation,
0: right? They're creatures and they're, they're violent creatures. And so like, like, like what happens? What happens when someone can just dump chlorine on a group of people that they don't like, like, fuck that sound. That's so terrifying. And I, 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 I'm really worried about how close we're getting to that. Especially considering, and I don't want to get into this almost at all, but especially considering some of the events of this week, it's just—it's really freaking me out, man. The closer and closer we get, like—I
1: mean—an argument could be made that we're there, and we yes. keep saying, <laughs> saying, uh, well, "What's going to be like if we get there?" Because that's our way of processing that we, if we're not there yet, then there's still hope. Not that there's not hope. Not there's not reason for hope, but. I mean, I'm, I think it's
0: more like I'm processing that I'm realizing we're already there, yeah, and I have to catch up. And yeah, I, guess I can't catch it up by just like accepting all of the
1: dystopian fiction there is. But I mean, I, we're fucking there. Yeah. When I'm at the point where I, I'm saying, "Stop saying, can you believe what he said, whoever he might be?" Right. Uh, because yeah, I can fucking believe it. Because nothing's going to surprise me anymore. It'll depress me, but it's not going to surprise me. Then yeah, I I I'm there. Happy times. Yeah, I
0: like I uh I I didn't expect Jurassic Park to be this like like pertinent. <laughs> like I I really really expected to read a book about dinosaurs. <laughs> it's and, Not about dinosaurs,
1: it, it's about people.
0: It's about a lot of things, man. It's like It's <laughs> true. It's one of those books where like I'm reading it and I'm like Book like I like you know to, to maybe lighten up the, the the show a little bit um Jurassic Park the book is feeling a lot like what everyone told me Harry Potter was gonna be <laughs> like
1: can we go back to the days when you could explain away slavery by just not talking about it anymore
0: right like I mean and, and what I mean is like that People were like, oh, those books, they're really good. She's such a clever writer. She, like, writes all these things in there for you, like, and she plans all this stuff, and it's like, okay, and it's like, yeah, I guess she's doing that, but, like, also, it's not very good, and there's no (laughs) real message. Like, um, if you just want to have a fun wizarding story, that's fine, Mm -hmm. I guess, but, like, I can't enjoy it without noticing all these problems. And that maybe that's my fault or that's on me. Like I, I should expect to not enjoy things if I can't leave all their faults alone, but like Jurassic park, it doesn't have that. And it really is a like, I mean, I, I feel like it's a really fucking good. So far it's a really good book. And it's, it's, it's freaking me out in so many ways that I'm like, I really like the, it's like, I like both the narrative story. I like the adventure story. And then this message that he keeps like piping into these certain segments where it's like, again, he's writing it off like, oh, Malcolm's just crazy because he's high as shit. But now that you've accepted that he's high as shit, let me tr- speak some truth to you <laughs> about how this world's going. And it's like, you know, I always I always remember hearing about things like, oh, you know, these people knew things, but they didn't tell anyone. Well, and like, how could we have known? How could we have known that these things that were bad for our ourselves or – our country or our planet like you know cigarettes like oh how could we have known cigarettes were bad it took us forever to do research on that and actually accept that they cause cancer and fucking kill you and it's like wow well, we didn't know why did they tell or, or you know they knew but they didn't tell anybody fucking Crichton knew that this was happening and he did tell everyone they made like four five movies about this this book or based off this book
1: it's clearly and, popular, but it's resonating yeah, but, all the wrong reasons.
0: Exactly. It's resonating in the popcorn like avenue. Where mm. it's like, Oh, do you want to have like essentially mindless entertainment? Here you go. Here's like y- you can read your dinosaur movie or, or book, and you can have your dinosaur movies. Here you go, here's the spectacle, and then you read the fucking book and it's like the world's collapsing around you. Science is not a impenetrable fortress of intellect. You will be destroyed by the idiots. Like it's it's just like Whoa, 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 whoa man can we get back to the raptors just like being an unstoppable killing machine because i can i can disassociate from that enough to not feel like it's actually going to come burn my house down but the the armed idiots i am afraid of them yeah Oof. yeah Whew. that's all my notes for that chapter
1: I okay, got two more. Although I'm just gonna, I'm just going go ahead and blow my, my last note now. It's the very end of the chapter. I'm like, damn, Malcolm, way to bring the room down, because <laughs> uh, it ends very much like that. So that's perfect. But before before we end the chapter officially, uh, Muldoon used the word bloody, also, and I don't believe Muldoon is necessarily uh, envisaged as a British or Australian. In this book, is he?
0: Well, I mean, they mention him as being the great white hunter, right. which is extremely imperialistic. Like it's a very British derived sure. like stereotype.
1: Sure. But at this point you can have anybody who I mean, Craven the Hunter could be called the Great White Hunter, and he's Russian. Yes. I'm I'm saying that there's a there's a uh, a, a kind of zeitgeist mentality of great white hunter, where I'm just going to say this to this other person. they will be like, Oh, I know what you, why you brought Muldoon to the Island. Got it.
0: I also wasn't looking for any of that stuff before. Well,
1: that made me look into Michael Crichton and that's a hell of a Wikipedia read. I okay. only skimmed it and got a lot, but, but without going into any of that, uh, he was a visiting lecturer in Cambridge from 64 to 65, so he might have just picked up some slang and put it in when he felt appropriate.
0: Hmm.
1: And he did a lot of but European But he also may travel. have been more
0: inclined to put, make characters sort of quietly British, not eh, telling anyone. Maybe. Because they were, it's such a normal thing for him.
1: Maybe. Uh, he was also 6'9". Wow. Went to medical school, medical school for at least three years, but we're not going to get into that right now.
0: So he was three years in medical school, 6'9". Yes. Damn, girls, fine. <laughs> All right, sir, so you done with that chapter?
1: Done with that chapter.
0: That brings us to chapter forty-eight.
1: Sixth iteration, return.
0: Uh, I have page three thirty-two.
1: Okay, mine's three sixty-two on the Kindle, and it's about Muldoon.
0: I think mine's just a general like note. So you go ahead.
1: All right, I want you to help me, help walk me through this, because maybe I missed something. Did they ever show Muldoon getting drunk or say anything uh, or have any other acknowledgement other than Ellie saying you're drunk? Okay, because I went back and looked and I couldn't find anything. What was it?
0: Uh, When they're hunting the Rex, he's in the car drinking whiskey
1: oh i might even remember that this this might be the problem of reading like taking a week off and i didn't immediately read after the last show like you did so you have it fresh in your mind that makes sense
0: yeah when, uh, when they were when he he and he and genaro were in the car and he was taking shots of whiskey and driving around and i was like Ugh.
1: right okay 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 so then that that led to another question which should have been earlier but i kind of disregarded it it never showed him getting out of the pipe and getting back
0: no, he, he had that phone call with Wu where Wu was like, I'll take a Jeep over to you. And then it just sort of like happens.
1: I guess that worked.
0: Yeah, it's, okay. it's very rolling. It's very like, well, he made it from one place to another. So something must have happened. I mean, just um, the
1: line that, boy, glad we didn't get attacked by raptors when Wu drove me back would have helped. But
0: I think it's the rolling sort of like they 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 suggest it. So it's fact.
1: There are no perfect novels, at least not yet.
0: Well, I don't I don't really feel like this is that one. I mean, I agree like I would have liked to have seen an adventurous like it seemed like another opportunity for excitement, but like mm-hmm. I bet you that it it's not as important as getting him back mm-hmm. and moving on to the other exciting shit. Um so like you know, you don't need to gorge yourself on excitement. There's plenty here. That's true.
1: Uh that's all I've got for this section
0: my my only note it's basically an overview is just that this chapter's insane like i I don't know or these these chapters specifically, but right here like I don't know if I've ever read a book that actually made me feel like as anxious and stressed out as as the characters that the events are happening to and it was just like at a certain point I was reading this I had to like put the book down <laughs> like I felt like an i like i felt like a uh like a blue hair or something when I was just like oof. Mm, no i <laughs> take a break from the stories i, couldn't, like, I is... couldn't
1: i couldn't take a break because i i foolishly left the reading till today and it was exhausting i was like oh man <laughs> I, I, first i i solved the aquatic ape hypothesis and now this i am whew, i'm beat
0: yeah dude like i the amount of like anxiety of like the way that he was describing like each character like having to avoid certain things or like the raptors on the roof or like this idea that the raptors are playing with them and then they get distracted and then they like, they don't realize that the raptors are like coming in from the, like they're coming around from a different way. Like all that shit. It was just fucking terrifying. Um, anyway, uh, if you don't have any more notes on chapter 48, then that should bring us to chapter 49. The grid. I only have an overview here.
1: Yeah. to Give me your overview because, because, um, these chapters, there was so much action. These have all run together. And I don't remember speci- what's specific to each chapter. And I didn't write down any notes for this because I was just kind of well, caught up in all the action.
0: So this one is when, uh, I think this is when Timmy is in the control system.
1: Oh, right, 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 right. Trying
0: really hard to like, as the Raptors are stalking them and like, he's trying and to get Lex the, is yelling and... Back, and, and, and pushing buttons and stuff. And my only real note is just like I, w- I wanted to take a moment to appreciate the graphic designer who did the work on this book, mm-hmm. uh, because the, comp- the, the the readouts and the, the the graphs and all the like all the stuff they have in these books are really well done. At least in mine, they look really cool. I, like, I feel like it's
1: pretty much the same. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's yeah. the same, right? Yeah, a little harder to but read because like, it's a smaller screen, but yeah,
0: yeah. But they all look like a fucking computer. Like they look like a computer from eighty eight or eighty nine, like. I'm always
1: enjoyed that that kind of box motif was it was kept for the movie too. Yeah. I mean, it was the yeah. 3D, uh, you know, virtual reality did, yes. but but right. but it was still basically the rows of you know, like look, looks like military buildings, and you pick the one you want, you go into it for the files. That's kind of cool. See,
0: my, I actually I like the book version better. Oh, because sure. It sort of like it, it, it feels more like a 80s. Tech movie than it does like hackers like like the yeah. effect in Jurassic Park always reminds me of the the uh, Gibson like of the way that they have those big towers of technology that are just in digital space and it just feels kind of dumb I, yeah. I don't know if that's how those like UNIX systems actually worked, but like I, don't, I don't know so
1: i don't I don't believe so I believe most of them didn't even have a GUI.
0: But there's something almost honestly even more confusing about this one because like the way that the sh- the tech shorthand is written is like pretty confusing. Like I don't know what a T and L is. Right. Like is cooling is, is like cooling and heating related to electrical main? Is that why there's a line between them? Um, like what is S S-A-A-G-R-N-D? and D? Like I don't understand what that means. Like I'm, I'm sitting here like thinking Timmy's a fucking genius. Like I, he I, able I would figure yes. out. Like how this shit works, or which order to go when in. When he realized the that he the
1: that the F four related to the right. control room, I'm like, I, uh, uh, good job, dude. You are way more savvy than I.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I was just really impressed at how like, well, first off, how great the design is, but then also how like maybe it's just that maybe you and I like have a tendency to appreciate this stuff in, in fiction more than maybe the average person. I don't know. Cause this is an, this is a, we, we appreciate book.
1: fiction better than people. That's why we're telling people well, about it.
0: What I mean is specifically like this kind of like tech stuff where mm-hmm. like I'm reading this like it thriller and I'm like on the edge of my seat going like, Oh yeah, that makes total sense. That That could totally affect this system and shit like that. And then like, I don't know. Like I can, I read this, but I also think I bet there's people out there who read this part of the book and went, "That was stupid. Why did I have to watch the kid figure out how their computer works? That's sure. dumb." Um,
1: you're always going to have that. But time. I didn't I mean, have didn't that. Have you write at all. about any, 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 any uh, career. Uh, you're right. you're going to run into people who know more about it, and you're just going to be like, "Oh, that's it." Uh, but no, I felt engaged.
0: Right. Um. That's my only note for that chapter. All right. Oh, except not, not really, actually. Okay. So in one of the interfaces, and this is probably something that's not actually the thing I think it is, or I was hoping it is, so I'm just going to okay. say it and be and allow myself to be wrong. Okay. i forgive myself in advance if I'm wrong. But there's, uh, on the second page of the chapter, there's a, like the copyright for the interface pops up. Yeah. Like, and in it, it says that the chief programmer was a guy named Mike Backus. Mm-hmm. And I, again, this is the word I don't know. In the movie, when Timmy is irritating Grant with all of his questions and all of his like interest in paleontology, he has the line where he says. Uh, and then I read another book by a guy named Backer, and he said, "Right, um, that, like you know, the, di- the dinosaurs are killed by a diamond dust." <laughs> and and, um, and so, like in my head, when I read that, I was like. Oh, I wonder if that character... I wonder if, first off, is that an actual paleontologist? I don't know. I didn't ever bother looking it up. Uh, or is it, like, something like this, and I just misheard the kid say Bacchus instead of Backer, and he was always referencing this other character that pops up briefly in the book and just found his way into the movie in a, in a slimy sort of, you know, unnecessarily shoehorned-in way. Mm-hmm.
1: Sounds like I've got some uh, housekeeping next time.
0: Ooh. Um so that's my that's I'm done with that chapter now, so then that brings us to chapter fifty. Lodge. I only have an overview.
1: Um I've got a note which is Jesus Tim, don't throw a baby.
0: <laughs> I love that part.
1: <laughs> I just I was
0: like uh...
1: It definitely took some sting out of Grant injecting the eggs with poison and then throwing them. Uh, but I was like, I, I that, that one caught me off guard. I didn't remember it. I I I, I, I guess it wasn't even that big of a deal because it was fine. But just the fact that his instinct was chuck it at the raptors and then the raptors ate it, which was also kind of horrific. Um, but in keeping with her character. Uh, but yeah that that all that was just uh I guess it's how you win a war. You uh <laughs> poison babies and feed them to your enemy.
0: Throw the baby out with the raptor water. There you go. Um What's your Yeah, I like that moment a lot. <laughs> Cuz I I hated that baby raptor from the beginning of the book. Oh really? Like, I don't I don't understand why it was cuddly. I don't understand why it was simultaneously cuddly and also terrifying. Cuz like, it
1: was a baby.
0: Yeah, I I said kill it. They should all be destroyed, as as Robert Muldoon says. Alright. They should all be destroyed. <laughs> Robert Muldoon, our animal expert.
1: <laughs> oh. um,
0: my overview, overview is I'm wrestling with Grant killing the raptors in relation to the theme of chaos and control mm-hmm. in the book. Like Grant uh, he does that thing where he suggests and says, like, I have a plan for how to deal with the raptors. So, so my experience with plans in this book is that they are, you know, like that of Mice and Men, like they don't go all that well, and and everything else we've experienced suggests that his plan was doomed to fail from the, the from the beginning. So mm-hmm. I'm like concerned about him as I'm reading it, but, and, and the idea is like on this island it's the height of hubris to expect that your plan will work, anytime, almost. Right. It's like it seems like it's sort of a magical place where ingenuity is doomed. Are you saying so, it's
1: Plan to see Island?
0: <laughs>
1: it's so broken-hearted.
0: No, it's just like it's like now the episode's going to have that in it. It's like <laughs> It's like you put raisins in my potato salad. It's like, "Why?" <laughs> "Why did you do that?" <laughs> I mean i guess you like it but now it's ruined for everyone <laughs> all right okay i gotta breathe in i guess i'm gonna go just... get the egg salad did you put did you put raisins in the egg salad <laughs> i don't want that either <laughs> raisins are fine on their own you know you just have a bowl of raisins if you want raisins anyway uh but but his plan does work like, right. he does succeed in what he's doing. So I was trying to, like, struggle with that idea of, like, does this sort of throw a wrench in my theory about planning in the island and etc. And what I came up with was perhaps it's because he's using his superior human intellect and his base instincts to develop a plan. So, like perhaps it's the element of survival that puts man on equal footing with the violence of nature as represented by the Raptors. Like Mm -hmm. maybe that's Crichton's point. There is like humans have exceeded the natural threat of their environment. And after that is when they start to get cocky and confident and reach too far. And then that overreaching causes disastrous effects for the environment, for the species, for the like, capacity for life to to evolve and exist cohesively on this planet but if we just operated on meeting our base like using our intellect to meet our base needs and stopping there mm-hmm. then we would live in a fucking utopia and
1: there's also something of uh order reasserting itself with a paleontologist who studies dead dinosaurs killing, killing the dinosaurs. dinosaurs yeah
0: killing the resurrected dinosaurs. yeah that's sort of rhyming yeah i can see that like yeah, so I just, like, I just had, like, this moment of having to, like, like I said, kind of wrestle with this aspect of, of my overall philosophy on, on what the book's trying to talk about. But I mm-hmm. think I'm okay with it. Like, I think it still kind of works. Because, like, we mentioned before, like, Grant also is a character who is previously, like, he's he's more so than anyone else in the story, except maybe Sadler, is... Uh, connected with the past he's connected with uh, ancient history and in that sense uh, sort of like his own human ancient history so like that moment I talked about before about them going up the tree right and how that was sort of seems sort of symbolic about like evolution and how it would like it's important that Grant is the character who takes the kids up the tree into the shelter of the past and he's he's sort of doing that here too. Like he mm-hmm. he's using his own fight or flight. Uh, he's done both now. He's, he's Now he's fighting after having flown and he's going to like use as much of his base intellect as he can to defeat these prehistoric monsters because that's the only thing that can.
1: I mean, arguably he is no longer standing on the shoulders of giants. He's learning it for himself.
0: Exactly.
1: So, yeah. I mean, that kind of puts it all back into perspective with, what you've been saying and the theme of the book is you can achieve this stuff, but take the time to discipline yourself, to learn it.
0: Yes. You have like, – like even that point where he, he goes through the whole process of like trial and error. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't succeed with the with his plan right away. It, the raptors don't have an interest in those eggs. So he has to learn. Like you're saying, he's not on the shoulders of – well, he is sort of because using the fucking poison. Yeah, but, but, like, but, but I mean – but in his application of it, he has to learn himself. Yes. It's not like he just picks up a gun and points it and it's all made very easy for him. Right. Like, he he has to figure out, like, okay, what if I try a different tactic? And he does, and he succeeds. It's like, that is human ingenuity. That is intellect. That is intelligence, like, developing naturally, organically, and and with the most incentive you could possibly have. Yeah. Like, your own survival. So right. it's, again, it's, I think it's, it's kind of like a treatise on like diy living in a way (laughs) yes it's kind of like saying like you know kill your masters throw away your like reliance on the come the creature comforts of the modern age get your hands dirty really live like make your life the best you can on your own merits because that and that way you'll be fulfilled Mm -hmm. and you'll be like You'll have a lot it'll be a lot harder to knock you down because you'll already have such a solid foundation. I mean maybe that's a bit like extrapolated from his real point or anything that's actually in the book, but it really I mean, feels like it's there.
1: yeah that, that's what I'm I, critical thinking is important. you really don't want anyone else doing it for you right put in the effort <laughs> seriously, guys, it's so much better.
0: <laughs> just sort of funny I, I chuckled at you saying that specifically. tell me so why. often you'll because so often you'll be like. Explain it my. to me. Yes. Do my thinking for me. Um, yes. Not only that, but also like, you know, just so often you'd be like, oh, I don't like that movie. And I'll be like, oh, what did you like about it? Well, I he's like, well, I read a review that said all these things. I'm like, hey. well, you didn't see it. Like, No, I read the review. I had enough. I got it of the review.
1: You're not wrong. <laughs> um.
0: Which, as we know, isn't the same as being right.
1: <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Is that what you want to hear? Yeah. Uh, Humans are living contradictions, and I am one of the best. All right. At being a contradiction, <laughs> not being a human.
0: Ah, yeah, sure. You're very good at that. I think you're pretty fine at both, honestly.
1: Oh, thank but,
0: you. Um, yeah, heavy chapters, man. Like, did you have anything else on this chapter?
1: No, but I really liked what we just went through now and realized.
0: Yeah, it's...
1: I, I'm no longer standing on the shoulders of giants. I did the work myself. and Well, after you did it for me. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe I haven't learned at all.
0: No, you're doing better. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I. Uh, these were fucking exciting chapters, man. Like, it was f- like five chapters where, like, you know, we talked about in the earlier episodes, like, man, I'd really be excited to get to the dinosaurs like i'm really excited to get to yeah i was actually gonna ask you about that Mm -hmm. and now we're there and it's like oh no i have to put the book down (laughs) it's it's too much too
1: much dinosaurs was it was was that um disparity worth it was it okay to go through the slog to get to the action-packed chapters or would you have wanted it more
0: even I, I mean, I think it's fine. I think it's okay. a great book, and I don't think you would even call it a slog. I think it was like well, a—it was just like a lull.
1: I'm coming from com- coming from Harry Potter, where you have a, slog, a slog of chapters,
0: and then really a oh, whole bunch of action. Oh my god,
1: we're in the bank, and there's a dragon, and then a slog again. So, in that sense, there is a worse way to do this. Was this okay for you?
0: Yeah, this is cool. great. Like I, I. I I don't feel like Crichton wasted space in this book.
1: Okay, like okay. I'm
0: really impressed with him and how he he did this like story. Like so mm-hmm. far, like we're not done yet. Sure, we've got one episode to go, but like I, I'm I'm going have no criticisms on his uh, efficiency on his uh, choices. I think he's he's fucking great at this and awesome. um like especially some of that stuff in the beginning. It's like it builds up the larger like world in a way that's accessible, uh, easy to understand, and like, builds you up towards the scariness of the reality of what's happening later. Mm-hmm. Like, we still haven't gotten to addressing, like, like they're not out of the woods in their own situation yet by the time we end these chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, like, dealing with the raptors, dealing with the T-Rex, etc. Or, or the Dilophosaurus. But, like, they really haven't dealt with the boat at all. And I'm fairly confident it's fucking over. Like, I'm confident the boat has already made it to the mainland. And... Even if they could get the phones up, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Like they won't be able to make it in time. Like I'm, I'm more and more confident that my theory about all the people in the boat already being dead anyway is probably where we're at. But
1: well, in that sense, it could, you know, ghost ship and just be drifting.
0: Yeah, but it should be on a collision course. Like it should be on a course for in towards a direction. Uh, And it's not going to stop unless unless someone, you know,
1: changed course because everyone was dying.
0: Yeah, maybe that's possible, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Okay, I, I really here's why I don't think that's going to happen because of the Lost World Jurassic Park movie, and that knowing how often they take scenes out of this book and put them into the subsequent films, my guess is that the scene that happens in the Lost World where this almost exactly happens yes. is going to be in this book.
1: Is I don't I don't remember that.
0: So what happens in Lost World is they uh, they kidnap a bunch of dinosaurs and try to bring them to the mainland. Right. Because that's where
1: you get the T-Rex in San Francisco.
0: Right. Well, okay. San Diego. Oh, San Diego.
1: Uh, okay. My, my mistake.
0: Yeah. Uh, and they, they have that thing where they, they realize that the, they've, the, the environmental, uh, like terrorist let, like let all the dinosaurs go and they free them so they can't take them back. And yeah. then they like burn up all their equipment or whatever. But, but then they get the, baby t-rex and the mama t-rex on the boat and they they're the only two dinosaurs they can bring to the mainland and their tranquilizers don't last long enough or something and they wake up and they eat everybody in the crew and then the the ship just crashes into the dock with the the two creatures the two dinosaurs on board right so like and then they have to deal with them on the mainland so my guess is again this is meta talking this is meta gaming like but Judging from the fact that a, a, a ship with dinosaurs is in this book, and it's really important to stop it from getting to the mainland, is a real big part of this book. I just have a strong suspicion, with all the other context clues I have, that that is not going to succeed. That there that it is going to make landfall and you know release raptors onto the mainland, wherever that mainland is. Um, that's in Montana.
1: Okay, right. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway,
0: so that's... that's. Uh, I don't really want confirmation on that yet. I'm not going to give you
1: anything on that because okay. I have read this book before, even though I don't remember what happens. Um, we'll wait and see because you said there's only one episode left, right? This will be all wrapped up next time. It's,
0: it's, it's, yeah, it's over next episode. It feels remarkably fast for all the Harry Potter we had to do. Um,
1: I, 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 but also... Compact streamlined and well executed and exhilarating., oh, it's you, I can sit down with the knowledge that whatever I'm about to read, something's gonna happen.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's not gonna be like seventy pages of what? <laughs> Did they do something? Okay. I guess that's what that happened. I guess that's what happened in that chapter's. Um, no, this is great. Um, all right. Well, if uh, if that's it, then uh, I believe that brings us to a new word alert. <laughs> and oh boy, this is a this is gonna be a an action packed new word alert. A doozy. Bro, get ready for this fucking new word. Alert. Okay. Let me put it this way. Okay, we're gonna have thirteen new words. Here comes our our, our mammoth new wordler because it's pre like it's prehistoric animals. Mm-hmm.
1: Nuptial. Nuptial? Not nuptial?
0: Nuptial. It's it's the word you're thinking. It's just that apparently this is how it's correctly pronounced.
1: Okay. Um, having to do with marriage? Or the marriage bed? marriage night
0: yes (laughs) but but oh yeah well you you basically got it the second okay so i i knew this word but when i heard it it was in a context that was like presented as if the word itself was offensive oh and like and upsetting and i was like i don't understand (laughs) um and i was like maybe the way this person's using it is that they're specifically referencing like the 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 night the first night of marriage tradition <laughs> so the the and it turns out i was, the, the person that it was correct or sort of the the second definition for uh the adjective nuptial is characteristic of or occurring in the breeding season oh right
1: so like animal husbandry
0: yes hmm Yeah, I didn't know that that was part of it. Um, Yeah, interesting. Um, All right, here's the next one. Canubial. Canubial.
1: Something to do with not yet mature?
0: No. Mm -hmm. It is similar to uh, nuptial Mm -hmm. in that it is of or relating to the married state, conjugal,
1: Huh, I feel like I've heard it, but I have no reference I can place. Interesting. Yeah. Did you attend like a Are seminar we're... or something?
0: Oh, I just, do, I, you know, I just am very, very well read. Sure, sure.
1: Learning sure. all these new words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ready for another one? Yep. Parthenogenesis. Parthenogenesis. Uh. I feel like I've actually, is, is this like springing into being from your mind?
0: Nope. Hmm. I
1: was thinking Parthenon and abiogenesis. What's, what's Parthenogenesis?
0: Parthenogenesis is a noun meaning reproduction by development of an unfertilized, usually female gamut. I think that's right. i to pronounce that word. Uh, that occurs, especially among lower plants and invertebrate animals. Oh, huh. yep. Here's some more new words.
1: All right, so let's do it. Toe head. Uh, I might get the color wrong. Is that is that a is it a blonde? Sort of. I know it's often referred to for like 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 children of a fair hair color, and I thought it's either blonde or light red, and I don't remember which.
0: Uh, you are on the right track. Okay. It's a noun that means a head of hair resembling resembling toe especially in being flaxen or tussled.
1: Okay, so like a golden color then. Yes. What's toe then? Cuz it, clearly it's not the appendages at the end of my feet.
0: Um, I guess I'll have to look that up.
1: <laughs> New word alert.
0: Give a second, I'll look that up. Toe. Shorter broken fiber as a flax hemp or synthetic material. That is used especially for yarn, twine, or stuffing. Hmm. I think it's like.
1: But it's not like a plant specific, like like. The I don't toe know plant. if it's.
0: Co- I think it's more texture related. Gotcha. Than color related. Gotcha. Like if you think about Charlie Bucket. Yeah. I think you could say that he has. He's toe headed mm-hmm. He's a toe mm-hmm. All right, here we go. New word.
1: Grage. Can you spell it?
0: g r e i g e Grage wow
1: it's, it's very reminiscent of uh the italian word for gray, but I think my vowels are wrong. uh what is it
0: uh being oh, it's an adjective being in an unbleached undyed state as taken from a loom used of textiles huh also a color that blends gray and beige hey. to color gray
1: okay interesting. Were you just reading like you know, Foxfire books and like how to homestead? It's not anyway, a lot of textile and what I'm reading?
0: Okay. It's just that these are new words. All right, all right, here we go. Here's another one. All right, adjective.
1: Done. That's a color. Uh, fuck. Is it, is, it a, is it a dusty red?
0: Adjective having a slightly brownish, dark gray color having the color done of a horse having a grayish-yellow coat with a black mane and tail. Second definition, marked by dullness or drabness.
1: I said dusty. i give myself a I half did, point you, for that. You
0: did say dusty.
1: As in matte, as in not shiny or vibrant. Sure, man. I'm going to give myself a half point.
0: Ready for another new word? Yep. The whole fuck time of this week.
1: <laughs> Solenoid. Something something camera.
0: Now, a coil of wire usually in cylindrical form that when carrying a current acts at like a magnet so that a movable core is drawn into the coil when the when a current flows, and that is used especially as a switch or control for a mechanical device such as a valve.
1: Or a camera. So basically I'm right.
0: Or a camera. <laughs> All right, ready for yep. some more? Yeah,
1: please. Fucking go through textbooks just to find new words. <laughs> Supercilious. Oh, this is one of those that I always get wrong. Um Well then it's a good. It's company. not super silly. Is it is it like a a, a haughty <laughs> and better than thou air?
0: It is. Oh, okay, it's good. an adjective meaning coolly and patronizingly haughty. Okay. Um, Woo calls, uh, uh, or oh, no, no, it's actually Grant, or not Grant, fucking Hammond calls uh, Malcolm supercilious. Right,
1: right. I told and you he I got in trouble, supercilious
0: right? bastard. For calling a, a girl
1: haughty once. Oh, really? <laughs> and I meant H A U G H T Y. She's and like, she I you beg meant, your pardon? H-O-T-G-I-E. And I'm like, oh, I'm not saying you're attractive.
0: She's like, I would never say that.
1: <laughs> no. I'm saying you're being a real stuck up jerk.
0: Are you ready? Yep. So many more new words.
1: (laughs) Albumin. I looked that one up. (laughs) Because I know where... That's right before uh, the raptor died from eating eggs. That is egg whites, right? Yes. Yes. Because I was like, what the hell is albumin? All right, here's another one. Gull. Gull, but not like a seagull.
0: It's the same spelling. The, mm-hmm. And I'll give you a hint. Okay. that's the that's the noun version. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the verb.
1: Like, boy, you got a lot of gull.
0: No, I think that's G. I think it's, that's G A.
1: Well, that's gal. That's gull. All right. I said you have a lot of gull
0: like a lot of bird.
1: (laughs) Boy, you got a lot of bird.
0: Man, you got so much fucking that specific breed of bird. That's a lot of gull.
1: you got different kinds of gulls. You got your seagulls and your eagles. So I'm thinking that's a no. You don't don't know
0: what the verb means. What am I doing? (laughs) No, what does it mean? Uh, It's a transitive verb that means to take advantage of. Oh. one who is foolish or unwary to deceive or I, I,
1: I feel like I've run into it again, but in some uh, there's sort another
0: of... noun version that is the the person who has been gulled or a gull uh person who's easily deceived or cheated
1: probably where gullible comes from
0: possibly
1: no come on it is, you come on come on
0: all right you ready for another one Let's t-
1: <laughs> yes dross. <sighs> See a lot of these words feel like like ones I've read in 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 Dickens when when he's writing in slang like Fagin using like I'm gonna I'm gonna trick I'm gonna swindle that gull and dross because it sounds like gossamer I want to say it's something fine and like an airy fabric um, but I also feel like it could be slang for any number of things where it could be like <laughs> uh, burglary tools or slang for money or. Or my couture that I'm wearing, that think I'm a gentleman, but really I'm wearing these shabby ass clothes that I've picked the, you know, initials out of the the mountogrammed initials out of the handkerchief, and isn't that real dross? I don't, I have no fucking clue. Something, <laughs> something faginny. That's my answer. Something, something fagan. Some 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 1860 Victorian slang shit. What is dross?
0: It's remarkable. It just says faginny. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm so smart! Uh, dross, noun. Uh, first definition uh, metallurgy.
1: Metallurgy. The scum
0: or unwanted. Okay, metallurgy.
1: <laughs> I, I have a point.
0: The scum or unwanted material that forms on the surface of molten metal. Okay. Two, waste or foreign matter. Mm-hmm. Impurity. Three, something that is base trivial or inferior like
1: fagan sure oh here we go last one okay tincture tincture we've not done tincture before
0: tincture i don't know I,
1: tinctures usually it's it's apothecarial right it's like a little prepared Ooh. solution that like you'd like you'd like you a potent drop you would put into your Water to drink your medicine. It's like the opposite of mm. homeopathic medicine because it's actually very strong and potent mm. as opposed to being, you know, nothing.
0: Video well, little brother. <laughs> um, it's a noun. First definition is a solution of a medicinal substance in an alcoholic solvent. I fucking got
1: one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got more than one.
1: Oh, if we're counting phagony, sure.
0: Um, uh, to a characteristic quality, a cast, uh, the second part of that second definition is a slight admixture or a trace hmm. three is a color or tint, archaic, a substance that colors dyes or stains, uh, four, A uh, heraldic metal color or fur hmm. five. It's an obsolete version, which means an active principle or extract, but the way I had read it was the first definition. Okay and that is our new words
1: It's a lot of words
0: it was a whole lot of new words
1: it's like a dictionary of new words
0: yeah well hopefully you learned something Whew, that was an exhausting one That was a i was just like getting new words all the time i was like oh man what's this word man what's this word what's this word right over here i don't know this word let's read up about that word that's some weird esoteric medical or, and metallurgy shit. <laughs> put that in there. I will never get it. <laughs> I think it's it's important to say, though, that I am not, I am not, like, this is a it's a really important game and the rules matter. Um, <laughs> I'm not going out of my way to find things that are, are actually esoteric. I am taking this all from stuff I'm actually reading. Which you're, not, could you're, not, mean,
1: you're not playing Stump the Rob.
0: No, not at all. That's why some weeks we don't have one because I didn't find any words that we didn't know or I didn't know.
1: And some, some weeks I make a, a piss-poor showing.
0: No, it's a good thing. Like I,
1: I failed everyone, and I'm sorry.
0: You did fine.
1: Fine is um, not good enough.
0: You did tincture. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I
1: was real dross.
0: It, it, was a, it was done.
1: I'm the dross, you know? and you're the drachel. Okay. <laughs> it's been like that all night, folks.
0: Well, um, do you have anything else you'd like to say about these chapters? I don't think so. I don't think I do either. Looking forward so, um, to the end
1: of the book. I, I remember, I definitely remember, I do have something else to say. I, I lied. I remember having read this book in the past and getting to these parts where it's so jam-packed that I came away going, I guess action happened. But but having the breaks in between to help process and taking notes is really really helpful in and, in, in appreciating everything that's in this book. And I'm, I'm enjoying that a lot.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I had to take breaks in these chapters on my own without just, not just because I was like, Oh, I'm done reading a chapter or like, I'm going to go do something else but more like just deliberately. Like I could keep reading, but I am not going to, right. Because I want a break mm-hmm. from how intense this has been. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been having a good time. I'm glad you're having a good time. I, uh, uh, for the next chapter, we're going to be reading through control, <laughs> another chapter called control through the end of the book. So, um, if you'd like to read along, that's what we're doing. It Ch- looks like chapter 51 control around on my page. 358, 359
1: to, to the end of the book. The end.
0: Yeah. So, uh, join us then. And, uh, I think that was Death Readers, so uh, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. These reviews might seem silly, but they actually help us out a lot. Check us out on Twitter, at Real Death Reader. If you want more Death Readers content, there's more available by joining Death Readers Patreon at www.patreon.com slash deathreaders. If you hate us and want to tell us how terrible we are, Please send all hate mail comments to our Reddit account, you slash So he was three years in medical school, six foot nine? Yes. Damn, girl's fine.
1: <laughs> I'm laughing, I don't know what that meant.
0: Okay, it's a, it's a reference to a, uh, to a song, uh, to Get Get Low by the ying Yang twins. And
1: oh, is that the one that they play on the uh, the Fred Meyer ads?
0: Oh, sure. Maybe.
1: They get low, low, low. Oh, no, low.
0: that's a different song. Wait, wait, oh, no, okay. that's a... Well, yeah, I mean, maybe. It's like that one, but there's also that, like... There's also the, the Flo Rida song um, that also has a low, 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 low element in it. So I'm sure all this part's cut, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, um, it might go
1: at the end though, because it shows how unhip I am.
0: I'll just I'll just send you a link to this 15 year old hip hop song. Yeah, you can... I don't
1: listen to music the way other people listen to music.
0: Okay, do you listen to it in braille? Like what? <laughs> Wow, I'm really feeling this music if you know what I mean. (laughs)